You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Anthony Kastrovitz, and this is our latest look at Chicago White Sox with Scott Merkin, who's still mourning the loss of Michigan to Oregon uh, in the Elite Eight. I'm sorry about that, Merk. Uh, they fought the good fight, and uh, they'll live to see another day in, in 20, uh, whatever it is, 2017, 2018. <laughs> <laughs> he said, I can't believe Walton's shot didn't go down. Uh, I said, uh, but only, only one team ends up as a champion. So, you know, you got to go from there. It's true. It's true. Um, we don't expect the White Sox to be champions this year. Uh, this is a developmental year. It's all about uh, some young players taking a step forward, and that's why it's a little uncomfortable uh, when you heard about Carlos Rodon's uh, biceps tightness. Uh, when I saw you last week, he pitched so well against the Angels, but thankfully uh, it doesn't sound like it's anything structural. What's the latest on uh, Rodon's status? Well, as we're taping this, we've not heard yet from uh, from Rodon about the results, and he, he had um... – examination in LA on Monday, and they're waiting for the results from that. But from everything it sounds like, and, uh, yeah, you know, the MRI was clean. It sounds like it's just muscular, and it may just take a little bit of time. You know, tightness up there may take a little bit of time to work out. And you know, he, he's going to start on the DL, whether they've said it or not. It's not a year where you're planning on contending from start to finish. So if it takes a little while longer, you're here on the side of caution. And another White Sox news, uh, a trade was made, Merck, but it wasn't the uh, blockbuster some people might uh, hope for or expect uh, with, with Jose Quintana. They traded Peter Borges to the Rays. Uh, what went behind that deal? Well, I, I think it's more a case of, you know, opening up a spot for Jacob May to play every day. Jacob May has been great during camp. Switch hitter, uh, certainly a major league ready defensive player, major league ready base runner. The only, you know, thing that was kind of, I don't want to say in the way, but holding up was offensively, and he seems to have shown that fine during spring training. You know, I think one of the things that's great about him is he kind of understands his game. You know, he'll lay down a bunt, he can hit behind the runner. He's not looking to swing for the fence every time, but he does have a little pop too. So, you know, he doesn't have a ton of experience past AAA because of injuries, but I think he really earned that spot. And that's nothing against Peter Borges, who scouts, you know, raved to me about how great he was defensively during spring training. But he's going to, you know, what what portends? I was going to say pretend. The Rays went like that to be a uh, contender. So it's a good move for him. And I know he, uh, one of the reasons he picked, Borges picked the Sox, you know, to come on with was he, his family has young kids and his family lives in Arizona. So at least he got to go through the entire spring training in his home and then got traded off. But this is, you know, I'm not sure what the player to be named later or the money is going to be, but this is all about really getting a spot open for Jacob May to become the White Sox center fielder for, for, for the time being. What else is left to be decided in Camp Merrimark? Well, you know, I mean, you're, you're going to put a couple guys on the DL. Charlie Tilson's, you know, uh, right stress, right foot stress reaction, which is what opened up kind of the opportunity for Jacob May. So he'll go on the DL. Rodon will go on the DL. I, I think without them saying anything, it, it seems like it's pretty well said. It looks like Michael Anoa and Anthony Swarzak are going to be the last two relievers. It looks like Dylan Covey is going to be the fifth starter kind of in waiting right now. And I think Swarzak will get a lot of, you know, whatever they need a fifth starter will get like kind of a, a bullpen day with Covey on that. And then I think it's going to be um, Cody Ashey, Sanchez, Leori Garcia, and whoever, whatever catcher is not playing, either Soto or Narvaez is the bench. So it looks like uh, the Sox are pretty well set. And, you know, could be a surprise. You know, uh, Zach Birdie is still here. I don't think he's going to break camp with the team, but, you know, he's still in camp. And, there, you know, there's uh, Kevin Smith, the catcher who was taken off the 40-man before camp, has had a great camp. And he's probably caught more innings than anyone in Arizona this spring. So, He's shown himself well, too. Remember, they need a great catcher in Charlotte, too. That's probably not any solace to anyone who goes there, but, you know, that's where their future is with Giolito, 
and Lopez and Fulmer are part of their future. So I think things are, you know, now that the Borges trade came through, barring some sort of surprise, I think things are pretty well set up. Yeah, you mentioned Giolito, Lopez, Fulmer, Michael Kopech down in uh, probably double-A or, or single-A to start the year. But we, we've seen it before with the White Sox. I know you wrote a bit about this where sometimes they transition guys uh, to the big leagues via the bullpen initially. Um, are, are, is there a chance we could see that developmental path with any of those guys? Yeah, even though you took a shot at my Michigan fandom, I do appreciate you reading my stuff, Anthony. That, that's always, always, always. That's always a good thing. That's always a good thing. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think it's it's a possibility. I mean, it worked well for Burley. It worked well for Chris Sale. I mean, some people actually thought when they moved Sale to the rotation that they were, you know, moving away a, a lights-out, you know, kind of right. Mariano Rivera-type closer. Well, I don't know if there's anyone that's Mariano Rivera. But you know, you know what I'm saying. You know, and Rodon had a little time there. So I, I could see it happening at some point. You know, both Lopez and Giolito worked a little in relief last year for the Nationals. Fulmer kind of struggled in relief last year, but I think he was a little ahead of his time kind of up there, and they just wanted him to get the work in with Don Cooper, which he benefited from. So it, it could happen. And, you know, the bottom line is they've really, you know, put together, as Rick Hahn loves to say, a critical mass of good, talented young pitchers, and there's only five spots in the rotation. So, you know, eventually some of these guys are either going to be traded, but more likely some of these guys may end up in relief. So, you know, even if they come up and pitch in relief and start at some point, you could see some of these guys playing critical roles at some point in the bullpen. So, you know, it, 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 it all plays out. And as Rick Hahn said in that story, you know, you'd rather have a guy who can give you 200 quality innings over 80 quality innings a year. So they're going to let these guys start until they prove they can't be starters. But just because they come up and maybe relieve a little this year doesn't mean that the starting path is done. Quite the contrary. It could be, you know, their path to major league rotation. All right. There you have it. The latest news and notes from Scott Merkin. And we are not done with Scott Merkin because he's got a Q&A with new manager Rick Renteria on tap. We are going to air that now. And until next time, it's been MLB.com Extra, Chicago White Sox edition. Well, I think we tried to, uh, again, we tried to come together as a, as a club, as a unit. Uh, we were uh, trying to bond and uh, trying to create an identity for ourselves. I think that was the biggest thing. I think uh, being able to put these guys to get to know each other and, and uh, come together as a team, which was one of the biggest things we were, were striving to do. But the identity and the purpose of us going out there and, and performing together and, and just kind of coming together as quickly as we possibly could, uh, and I think we've done that. I think we've accomplished the idea that we play a game a certain way, that you know the name on the front of the jersey is more important than the name on the back. Tim Anderson and uh, the White Sox agreed to a multi-year deal. I mean, what can you say about this young man, and how does he kind of fit as a quiet leader moving forward? Because we know about his talent, but mm-hmm. just kind of he seems to – even from last year to this year, seems to have matured, but just kind of grown into the role quite a bit. Well, I think, you know, uh, as as you continue to um, gain time at the major league level or, or gain time in any place that um, you're being seen uh, a little bit more, um, you start to get comfortable with your surroundings. He's a person that went about it a certain way. He's come in quietly, gone about doing his business, prepares, knows what he needs to do, and has let his actions speak for him. And, and they've They've spoken loudly. I mean, he's defended. He's run the bases. He's had, you know, good at bats. He's doing things on the diamond that speak for him, and I think that represent uh, a quiet leadership. But as he continues to mature and as he continues to gain more and more time and uh, continues to get to know his teammates, I think naturally there's a progression from being a quiet leader sometimes to being a little bit more vocal and being able to express himself in certain ways that touch his teammates in a positive way that help them, um, you know, continue to push them and, and continue to connect with each other as a team. Final thing, uh, it, 
if I'm talking to you in October, we're sitting here at the end of March right now, and I'm talking to you in October, and you have to look back, what would you say would be considered a successful season in 2000? What are some of the things you're looking for for a successful season? Well, playing clean baseball, obviously. Uh, obviously, for us, it's still trying to contend. I know that we're not in, you know, as far as anybody is concerned, we're not, but you, you can't become contenders unless you talk about contending. And I think those are things that we talk about. I think those are things that are realistic. I think that teams win. I think that team play has a place still in this sport. I think that uh, as long as everybody understands what role they have and how they contribute uh, along the way, along that road, uh, we give ourselves every single day a chance to win a ball game. Otherwise, why would we even want to go out there and play? If somebody's going to make the determination as to who's supposed to win or lose, well, then why play? You like this group? I, mean, from what I like this group. Listen, I like this group because they, the, first of all, they have talent. Secondly, because they're going about doing things the way they're supposed to be doing things. They're very energetic. They're enthusiastic. They're working hard. I think uh, they're going out and just becoming kids again, playing a, a, you know, a game at, at the major league level, which is played by men who are very gifted and talented. You have to have fun. You have to enjoy it. Uh, you can't be tense playing this game. It's a long season, but you also have to know that there's a purpose and a reason for everything you do. And I think these guys have kind of done a very nice job this spring in trying to put that together. Um, you know, I wish I had a crystal ball and I could guarantee every single thing that everybody would want me to say and hear. But I can say that uh, uh, for the most part, our, our focus has been on trying to go about doing the things that are necessary for us to give ourselves a chance to win. And that every single day, if we give that effort, we give that hustle, we give that preparation a chance, uh, we, have a, we have an opportunity to uh, go out there and compete against anybody we play. MLB.TV Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.TV Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.TV for details.